Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I will be joined today by Sam Carliner. Hi, we will be talking. <laughs> we will be discussing today how endurance athletes can benefit from MetPro. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Crystal. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk about this. I am super excited about the topic and all things endurance. And uh, we were talking before the show started. We have a lot of gadgets and gizmos in common. So <laughs> true, a little little endurance geek nerd thing going on. Yeah, totally. So now, Sam, have you always been an athletic person? Like, did you start off as an athlete when you were in school? In high school, I was a runner. Okay. Um, continued that through college and was always a runner, got into marathoning early on in my 20s. And then kids rolled along sure. and slowed things down a bit. But I got back into my running and ran. I was consistently running. I was a pretty good runner. And somewhere about 12 years ago, I had always been enamored, captured, I don't know what the right word is, just awed by Iron Man, by the full distance Iron Man. And I can remember watching it as a kid in the late 70s, early 80s, when it was really just, you know, this this grand thing in Hawaii. It's like, how can people do that? And one day I said to myself, I wonder if I can push my body that far. I wonder if I could do that. And I signed up for a race. And secret the secret at the time was i signed up for it a year in advance and i didn't tell anybody i didn't even tell my wife really i was I, really i was i was like so i mean i don't know if all your listeners know but a full distance iron man is a 2.4 mile swim that's pretty far yeah like yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know in most pools it's about 70 laps for a mile so 2.4 mile swim that's a pretty good distance. Then it's followed by a 112 mile bike ride. And you'd think and you'd it, be done, but no. And you'd, you'd think you'd be done. And then it's followed by a marathon. I had run a bunch of marathons and I'd run them well, but running a marathon after, you know, going at it for hours, seven to 10 hours, I must have been out of my mind. So, yeah. yeah. I, did did they have half Ironmans back then or did they? They did. I don't even they know did. when they started. So you decided to just skip that. You just went straight for the full Monty. All in, right. <laughs> they, they have they had shorter ones. They have what are called Olympics, which are for first timers, very manageable. It's a just under a mile swim, but then it's a 25 mile bike and a six mile run, a 10K. Manageable. I, I went all in and uh, after about six or eight weeks, I told my wife I had signed up. I reserved a hotel. She's, she's looking at me like, you did what? <laughs> like, it'll be fun. It'll be a vacation. You don't have to do the work. <laughs> I just figure it out. I'd sort of, you know, figure it out on my own. Yeah. So that first race back in 2011, it was an incredibly hot day, something I didn't plan for. What I didn't know is Ironman is actually comprised of four events. What's the fourth? It's nutrition. Ah, oh, very nice, Sam. Very nice. <laughs> How'd you like that segue? Um, yeah, you can get everything else down and you have your nutrition off. Forget it. It's going to be a really bad day. I sort of learned that the hard way. And we have this great picture of me at about 13 miles into the run. I looked at my wife and I, I was dying. I was dying. I shrugged my shoulders and I said, should I keep going? I don't know if I could do this. And it was right before a turnaround. So she had some time to think about it and to hear her tell the story. She's like on her phone. She's like calling people. He's like, 
what should I do if he stops? If I tell him to stop, he'll hate himself tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So I came back and I'm like, what do I do? He's like, keep going. A couple hours later when oh. I finished. <laughs> like 10 miles doesn't sound that long after everything else you've done. Like to after the person listening, right? right? But when you're in it, I can't even imagine what that's like. because I can't even imagine. I've only run a full half marathon. That's all I've ever done. And like... I'm a very slow runner. So like, just know that. But like when I was out there for the first time, I was like, this just goes on forever. Like it's so lonely out there when you're forever. slow. <laughs> and, and, and you should know my, because my wife has done a half once and her shirt says, I ran a full 13.1. I didn't run half of anything. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know, a few hours in the medical tent after that race was done. IV fluids, the whole. Oh, you had to have all the things. Okay, Uh, I was destroyed, but I was hooked. I was hooked. I would imagine crossing that finish line is probably like nothing else. Yeah, it is a tremendous feeling. It is. It is an insane accomplishment. Wow. And uh, they have this sort of it's tradition, or for all a lot of the spectators and a lot of the people who've already finished come down for the last hour because it's sort of a hard 17 hour finish line time limit and it's just a party just cheering these people in at you know who've been going at it since you know six in the morning six thirty in the morning it's and mind you not only does your race start at six thirty, maybe seven and it's you're approaching midnight now but you've woken up at three three thirty in the morning to get to the start right. to prepare your stuff to eat i mean it's it's a long day it is a long day. And I mean, it's not like when you just get up early on a normal day, because you're also giving this amazing performance, like your body is going through so much. You're not just right. standing there. Right. You're working. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. How many Ironmans have you participated in now? I have completed, I believe it's 12, full Ironman. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And now when you participate, like, do you go to different cities? Do you try to like go to all the different ones? Because I know there's several. Right. So they're all over the, not just the United States, but the North America. And they're, they're quite frankly, all over the world. It, at the full distance, the 140.6 mile and the, the half Ironman, the 70.3 distance. We, Lake, I'm in New York. Okay. And Lake, Plas- Lake Placid has become a, a sort of a hometown favorite because it's drivable. So it cuts down the expense. It's the middle of the summer works into training. Well, but I have traveled to Florida to Kentucky. Kentucky was beautiful. Kentucky was great. Yeah. We've traveled a bunch down to Maryland. Wow. So now when did you find MetPro in your journey of figuring out Ironmans and how to, how to add your nutrition? I found MetPro about three years ago. Was only involved for a few months, had an accident, and then, but it's really been the last two years, I'd say, that I've been really involved with MetPro and things have been clicking and going really well with it. That's awesome. What yeah. what drew you in to begin with? Like, what made you think, I want to try this? So, as I said before, you know, nutrition is a big part of race day, but nutrition is a big part of training too. And a lot of people have coaches for their training. And some coaches give nutrition advice. And when you read about, especially the pros, they tend to have just nutritionists who deal with their nutrition. It got me curious as to why. I wasn't incredibly overweight. 
when I'm in certainly in the height of training, you're burning calories. Like it's going out of style. So I didn't have to worry about weight. <laughs> yeah. You know, am I a little heavy? Am I a little too light? You know, you play around with things. And for most of my training and absolutely for my races, a lot of athletes, whether it's Ironman training or, or even if, you know, you're doing your spin class, right? You're hopping on your Peloton or you're just going out for a run or working out with weights. People taking nutrition for that specific purpose, right? It's four o'clock in the afternoon, five, I came home from work. I'm going to go hop on the bike for an hour. Let me eat a cliff bar or right. some other protein car, car bar, which makes sense. You know, your body needs some fuel. MetPro and working with Angelo sort of took it in a slightly different direction. While we still train so taking energy, I'll call it, or fuel for the specific workout, mm -hmm. it's a philosophy of how to live your life. And as opposed to a weight loss or a nutrition program that's calories in, calories out, I like to think of it as how hot can we keep your engine running? So if you think about like a steam engine, like you're filling it with coal, right? And you don't want it to just burn hot and then die out. Right. How much fuel can we put in to keep it burning, to keep your metabolism really sort of jacked and going and keep it that way throughout the day? And that sort of intrigued me. And I started working with Angelo. And initially, you know, we sort of found my baseline, you know, and we sort of cut some carbs and dropped where I was from a carb intake and a caloric intake. And we got my metabolism to sort of stabilize. And then the weirdest thing happened, Crystal. You're not going to believe this. What? I started eating more. And you know what happened as I ate more? You lost weight. I lost weight. Yep. If I stopped eating more, <laughs> I put on weight. Yep. Talk about counterintuitive, it right? It is. That, yes. I love it. it. It's it, so fascinating, right? <laughs> it's fascinating that your body gets used to running at a certain level and it'll burn at that level. And when you drop it, your body starts to sort of shut down and say, well, I'm not getting all these calories. Let me hang on to some. <laughs> exactly. And your weight goes up. Crazy, right? So that's how I got involved in MetPro. And it's been a little bit of a journey because it's not an exact, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. And you change so over time, right? Right. So you change over time. And as I've improved, I've gotten stronger. So in the beginning, it was watching mostly the carbs in, but carb, protein, fat, you know, everything. I think I said before we started the show, I went from eating three meals a day, maybe like snack in the afternoon or evening, just because I was like hungry or, or I felt like I deserved it, right? Like, like the typical, you know, like I said, I came from a marathoner background. Like, why do we run so much? So I can have a bunch of pizza when I'm done. Right. Two slices, three <laughs> slices, four slices. What the hell, right? That, you know, I, I earned it, right? I burned it off. But now I eat six meals a day. Like, I feel like a toddler. Like, <laughs> I, I could set my watch two and a half hours, three hours. I got to eat. Yep. But you become this like well-oiled machine when you do that. Right. And that's exactly what happens. Like, I have a big snack before I go to bed. I mean, I, that's like my favorite meal of the day. <laughs> 
right? How many diets, and I put that in quotes, do you know that you get to have a big snack before you go to bed? Right. And, I'm, in the height of tra- and, I'm in the height of training. I could take a tortilla shell, peanut butter and honey and eat it and then go sleep. I have to say for some of our listeners who might be, who may not have the six meal program, you only get that if you're eating six meals. And typically that's our athletes. So not to say you can't have a snack. You do. You get two snacks a day, but you don't necessarily have one right before bed. So results vary and your needs vary. <laughs> so I must say that. <laughs> That's a fair disclaimer, (laughs) but it's true because my training runs in, in a lot of training for a lot of athletes, it's training blocks. You, you know, you put in three or four hard weeks, then you take an easy week. And during that easy week, I'm not going to push the same number of carbs that I push, you know, at a really high, a hard week because I'm not doing the same amount of work. Although I would not necessarily put on weight because as we said, the body just has gotten used to it and just, you know, goes right through. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Now, I heard from a little birdie that you're training right now for a an Ironman. Uh, I and, am. So, and it's not just any Ironman. It's not just any Ironman. So, I had after my first one, I figured it out a little better, and I started getting a little more competitive. And then I had this, what at the time was a, a pipe dream, which was competing in the World Championships in Kona. And qualifying in my age group, which is really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then this, because it's in your age group, you ha- usually have to finish in the top two, maybe three to be invited. And when you say finish in the top two or three, you mean at a different qualifying event, correct? At a different qualifying event. So, right, there are 250 people in your age group. You got to be f- top three. I mean, two. that's... Just to put that in perspective for people, like that's like not just hard, like extremely hard. Like I, I understand why you felt like that was a long shot. And I it was a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I had gotten to the point where I was finishing maybe 30th. I think my best finish before that had been 14th. And once you get to that level, I knew I could get down to maybe under 10, like seven to 10 is one level four, five, six, sevens, another level. I mean, it's not just seconds that are separated. It's like a different level. And then like, it's like three tenths of a second is a win. (laughs) Right. The top, getting to the top three, that's hard. Yeah. I can't even imagine like what kind of time did you finish? Like, I can't, like, it's impossible for my brain to even comprehend how fast you must be. Right. So every course is different. There's some courses are much faster than another. I, I qualified this past July. Okay. July, 2021 in Lake Placid, just over 11 hours. Oh my um, God, that's incredible. So I, 146 miles in 11 hours. That's right. Wow. I can't, I had a, for me, swimming is my weakest of the three disciplines, Yeah. but I had a fairly decent swim. I don't remember the exact number. I think I was in about 30th or so. And then I just maybe a little higher, maybe in the twenties. And then I just, yeah. And then I just had, I was having an amazing bike and it's two fifty-six mile laps and Lake Placid is not flat. Oof. They had the Olympics there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I've heard there's some pretty big inclines on the, the bike portion that are pretty killer. Yeah. Absolutely. And after the first lap, I think I had moved up to about 16th or 12th place. And I had some people who were, you know, following me and telling me. I got off the bike. I think I was an eighth. Wow. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like, like this is doable. And it's doable because 
I'm a runner. Like I, if I've managed to swim, but really managed the bike, well, I can run, I can do this. And for anyone, you don't need to be a marathon runner. If you go out, if you're running a 5k race, even if you're just out for a jog, when you're running well, when you feel good, it's easy to run well mentally because there's a mental component to it. Absolutely. And I was in eighth. I'm like, I can do this. I'm running. And I had a good, you know, the first mile, I just had to get my legs going and I could tell by my pace, how I was feeling. And I never run a marathon as, all right, one mile's done. I have 26. I, I break it down into segments. Okay. Break it down into manageable, you know, usually like three miles at a time in my mind. And I'm watching, you know, I have a watch. I'm watching my pace. I'm, we'll talk about fuel if you want to, but I know. Yes, I'm definitely. And I'm feeling good. And as I'm running and I'm getting stronger, I'm like, I can do this. I can, I just kept going. And, and I knew I was doing really well. And in races, COVID negatively affected it a little bit. They write your age on the back of your calf. Right. So you can sort of have an idea of who your competition is. With COVID, they got rid of a lot of the body marking. Right. They yeah. Keep contacts. people separated. Yeah. But I had an idea based on some of the people I was passing, some of who were younger than me. <laughs> like, I'm running well and I'm feeling good. And after about 15 miles, I think I moved up. I don't know, around fourth or so. And I was like, this is, we're doing this. And then I it just became kept, all adrenaline, I bet. <laughs> all adrenaline. And in fact, I, I saw somebody with, I don't know, three miles to go. And it was maybe two miles ago. And I was, my body was, I was getting to the point where we had been pushing as hard as we could. And he said, oh my God, you're in second. <laughs> <laughs> took off. That's wow. like, I like, no one's passing me. Like, I don't care what your age is. I'm just, I'm holding on where I am. So it was just so exciting. So exciting. Wow. Just really, really tremendous. Yeah. So we got home and we booked our flights to Kona and then it got canceled. No. <laughs> because oh, of COVID. COVID. <laughs> and COVID they moved canceled a lot of races, a lot of things. And they moved, right. So they moved, they moved it to February. They got canceled. Canceled those flights again. So, yes, October 8th, 2022. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. happen. And it's changed my training this year because I would usually have at least one, usually one, maybe two springtime races, then a race in the summer, and then maybe a shorter race or another Ironman in the fall, depends how I'm feeling. And I want each one to be really good and see how good I could do. Now, I want to do well in this one coming up in May. My goal is Kona. So it's not my A-plus race is in October and everything is sort of the steady ramp up to it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And I'm really curious, when you think back to the very first race that you did compared to the race that you did whenever you placed at the beginning, right. you're, you're, now you're going to Kona. What kind of like impact did MetPro have on your performance? I think the impact that MetPro had was it just, it wasn't that it fueled me better for the race. It was that I was, my body was working better throughout all of my training. So all of my training was better. 
Which made you stronger and faster. Which made me stronger and faster. Correct. So, you know, and it's funny, the one thing we don't tinker with too much is my race day fuel. Because that I've learned, we talk about it, but that I've learned from trial and error and trial and more error. When I'm on my bike, I probably take in close to a hundred grams of carb an hour. Wow. That's a lot. That's a, that, so, so for people listening, the average is probably 40 to 50 grams of carbs an hour. And then for people who are like in a weight loss, not, not trying for performance when they're doing a workout, they're more of the 20 to 30 grams of carbs per hour. So that is a tremendous amount. And that's tremendous. And that helps you perform that day. Like that helps you stay. Right. You know, and I want those calories going in me early because when you're on the bike, your body can handle and digest easier than when you're running. And I don't, you know, when I'm four hours into a race, I'm thinking about, I want my, I need my body performing at 10, 11 hours. Right. Right. So I need to, and I'm burning through it. So it's. Yeah. So you front load. Right. (laughs) I, I don't do it every day. That's for sure. Yeah. So, okay. Just for the nerd in me, I have to ask, are you one of those, those guys when you do the transition that like you come out of the water and like, you don't even put your shoes on, on the bike. Like you just like sit down and go like, are you like, do you have enough coordination to do that? Cause I am amazed when I watch that. I'm like 50% of the time I I have my shoes. I have done that where I have my shoes on the, the pedals. I know how to get on my bike and, you know, get it going. It depends on, but I'm not super, super efficient at it. So it depends on the transition area, how much I have to run it out and what it is. And I think that's fair, just amazing. Fair, fair question. <laughs> but, I, uh... <laughs> but, but I don't change. So I don't, you know, it's all just the same clothes kit all day. So I'm, I'm pretty quick in transition. That's good. Yeah, it's pretty crazy in the transition area. So it's full of energy. It's like backstage at a concert because everybody's so amped up on adrenaline. Right. It's crazy. It's cra- crazy exciting. So now what kind of training and what kind of things are you looking forward to as you prepare for Kona? How have things shifted this year from a nutrition standpoint as you look towards Kona? So as I said earlier, my swim is probably my weakest area. So I've been getting in the pool a lot more and I'm looking forward to the weather getting a little warmer so I can swim outside. So that's, you know, factored in. I tend to be a morning swimmer. So that may affect my breakfast and sort of my mid-morning snack a little bit because I usually don't fuel during my swim. <laughs> you go in fasted. Go in fasted, right? And I've gotten, coming out of the winter, I've actually put on some weight, but it's really all been muscle. So this is a conversation that Angelo and I have. You know, I'm like, well, if my numbers have stayed the same, why am I getting heavier? Right. It's, it's the work you're doing. You're, you're putting on muscle. I'm getting stronger. I also know that as the summer rolls around and I'm outside more, I'll probably lose some weight. And as my training goes up, I'll probably lose some weight. So it's getting that healthy balance. And what we're doing now is we're sort of playing with, and we did it this past fall as well, of how many calories can I take in? Like, what can we, what can we get my body? What is the max we can get my body used to? Which I've learned is a lot. Like, 
sometimes it's hard to eat that much food. I know. I know. I do hear that a lot from people. And yeah, it sometimes feels like you're doing nothing other than eating all day. But especially when you are fueling for these major events the way you are, like to be able to build muscle, to be able to perform the way you are, you're burning so many calories. You got to put the food in to be able to perform. Right. So the one thing that MetPro helps you with a lot is learning what foods to eat right there. So when you talk about carb, you can have a slice of white bread. You can have a slice of, you can have a tortilla shell. You can have a, you know, potato. You can have a sweet potato. Right. So sweet potato is, I love sweet potatoes, number one. And it's good volume. Like sometimes I eat and if I'm not eating a lot, like two or three bites and I'm done, like... (laughs) I'm just getting hungry. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's this, there's this, you know, component of eating like it's got to last a little while. But when I'm on a high carb intake, you know, try eating 12 ounces of sweet potato. It's a lot. Like, like you push away from the table, you're like, I can't get up. So you learn to, you know, maybe now I eat a lot of brown rice. Well, you switch to white rice. Yeah, you don't get a lot, but you get the same carb. So MetPros help with that. MetPros helped a lot with vegetables, what, you know, good and bad vegetables. Yeah. I never thought vegetables could be bad. Right. I mean, and they're not really bad, but the, yeah, it's not that they're bad. It's just some have more carbs in them and you have to be aware of that and how much you eat of them because like my favorite is butternut squash, but there's tons of carbs uh, in it. So I got to right, be careful with that. <laughs> We're a big broccoli and Brussels sprout family. Oh, and yeah. And that can cause other issues with your digestion. It, so <laughs> it can, it, yes. Yeah. I love broccoli and cauliflower, especially roasted, but yeah, you yes. have to be careful and keep that mixed in with other things or, you know, yeah. (laughs) So it's been a great learning curve. And it's what amazes me is now that I've been doing it a while, I'll be in these periods where I know exactly what I'm eating. I'll, you know, my snack will be, you know, grapes and some nuts. Okay. And, but then we ask, you know, and I don't even have to think, I know what the numbers are, but then, you know, it shifts and it has to change. I'm like, Oh, I figure it out. And yeah, I'm just always learning. I'm always learning. And it, but it's, I guess what I was trying to say is I've done it enough or long enough that if we go out to eat, I can almost, you know, Mepro has a great app that yes. you can use. Yes. And I, I will say before I came to MedPro, I tried like doing macro counting. Uh-huh. I have that app and, and I had a real, so I had a good understanding, you know, MedPro sort of broke it down differently. Carbs are carbs. Protein is protein. Veg carb is veg carb, as opposed to, you know, when you're counting micro macros, rather, you know, your broccoli counts as, you know, X number of grams of, you know, protein, this many grams of carb. And it's yes. that pro kind of your carb is your carb and forget about all the minor stuff that'll just, you know, wash itself out. But I can go out to eat and I go, oh, I, all right, you know. 15 grams, I should have 45 grams. All right, that's, you know. You're like, uh, some lean protein and some, like a potato or some veggies and like, you're good. And I've also learned that one meal off will not destroy me. Yes. Right, that was when I, I never thought about that before I was with MetPro. I mean, I just, I I was hungry, I ate. I had a big workout, I'd eat. I, you know. Um, But once I started, I was, I guess being a little tech geek nerdy tracking my workouts with a Garmin and as we were talking before whoop and liking data you know MetPro is just another data source exactly trying to hit those numbers and track what you're doing and 
like, oh my God, it's somebody's birthday. What if I have that piece of cake? <laughs> the carbs, the fat. Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to move tomorrow. It's just not true. Well, you know? and I think it's something that MetPro helps with too, is that because as you alluded to earlier, because you're eating things similarly all the time, when you do change something, whether it be race day or whether it be eating that piece of cake, if you get back to the program, your body is like on autopilot because it loves the consistency that you've been doing. And so it recovers from it very easily versus how I used to eat prior to MetPro was like, like you said, whatever I felt like is what I ate. And So it might be three meals a day or one big meal in the evening, but no consistency. And so now you have this like really steady level of fuel every day, all day. And if you change something and then you go back to it the next day, your body's like, oh, I got this. I know what we're doing. And it's very, it's very, it cleans up very easily. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) So do you feel like that MetPro is a good fit for people who are doing endurance competitions? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's just helped so much it's just helped me stay consistent and it's given my body i think more fuel and more strength to perform and recover from my regular weekly workouts you know it's and you know i don't i don't have to carbo load you know which i think is a bit of a myth but you know oh i have this big workout coming i need to this or this is how i need to recover i'm just i'm pretty much at a constant, which has just allowed me to push harder and perform better, right? So not every workout is an A workout, right? Different workouts have different purposes, different training zones. You want to work on your endurance, you want to work on your speed. But I think what MetPro has allowed me to do is put my body in the best position to maximize each one of those workouts. Well said. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. Do you feel like there's anything else that we missed that listeners might want to hear about endurance and the nutrition aspect of it or anything like that that we haven't covered? I saw somebody the other day said everyone posts their best workouts on social media. That's it's a true. picture of their 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 Garmin with look at my time. It's the picture of this. Look at my miles. It's a picture of this. And look how much I lifted. But what no one ever posts or whatever no one ever talks about is a program like training peaks or what other people and somebody called that the confessional because <laughs> <laughs> that shows what you do every day right and that's the that's the honesty that gets you to that ultimate workout and when you're talking about endurance you're not forget about a full ironman you're not going to run a marathon unless you're like a kitty a kid for me in your 20s, it'd be a kid. You're not going to run a marathon because you went out once a week for a three-mile run. Right. Most people are just not going to finish it. I'm not saying how fast they have to finish it, but if you run three or four times a week, two, three, build up to four miles, you'll get it done. And so, it, you know, building up the endurance takes time and it takes a lot of dedication and putting it in. And so MetPro through their tracker keeps you honest and, you know, sort of, in a roundabout way, mimics your training schedule. You know, it's, you want to perform every day. Well, you've got to keep this consistency every day. So it's, you know, there are two sort of parallel lines that follow each other. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, before I came to MetPro, I never, and I mean never, ate before a workout. I was a fasted workout. I, I had a bad stomach. 
I'd get up in the morning, run bikes, whatever. I'd, and then come home and eat. I'd eat to recover. I'd probably eat too much. I probably wouldn't eat well. And through MedPro, through a lot of conversation, because I was resistant, <laughs> like I was resistant, but I was coming to like with my coach, like I said before, I'm, I'm a good listener. You tell me this works. So let's find out what I can put in my body that my stomach can handle and I can work off. So now I have breakfast before I, I work out. It's usually the same breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> but it works for my body and I'm, I'm well fueled and, and I learned how to do it. And I think the nice thing with MetPro and, and the MetPro coaches is that it's not cookie cutter. It's right. It's very tailored to you and how you perform, whether it's for endurance. Oh, so my wife is on MetPro also. She's not an endurance athlete. She is a tremendous professional spectator at Ironman <laughs> races. She is the best. Absolutely the best. Yes. That's an endurance she, event of its own. <laughs> she will tell you it is a harder endurance event. She knows how to track me. She knows how to track my competition. She's and she knows we how have to get sign. to you to the next next location to spot you. <laughs> we have a sign in the house that she had several races back that says says a lot of things. At one point, she wrote, "He promised me a trip to Kona." <laughs> That was about four or five years ago. So she's getting it. <laughs> I, I kept my promise. But so she runs once a week. She's a gym rat, CrossFit type person. Yeah. A couple times a week. She loves MetPro. She loves MetPro. And she is now gluten free. So our house is pretty much gluten free. I'm not. I mean, I do on occasion, but it's what's in the house. And she's not gluten free because of MetPro, but the whole concept of eating clean sort of intrigued her. And so she started and she was looking at different things she could cut out and food that worked and tasted good. And so much processed food is gluten. And slowly she started taking that out of her diet, found ways to replace it. So yeah, we're pretty much a gluten-free family. And, uh, and she, you know, she will tell you her mid-morning snack. And I think her three snacks are her three favorite meals of the day. So, right. So there's a perfect example. She's not training for Ironman, but because of the the way she works out and what she does. She's eaten six times a day. Yeah. She loves it. And she's had tremendous results with it. That's wonderful. She's stronger than me in the gym. So it, <laughs> I'll admit it. That's uh, that's very big of you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So she can lift a lot. That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. She deadlifts like 150 pounds, 160 pounds. Yeah. Crazy. That's amazing. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for your time Crystal, today. thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was. It. it was. Thank you. Listeners, that is all for this week. You can find all of the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you find podcasts, or you can go to metpro.co slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what they can expect. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. <laughs>